0: Well, the Tuesday Night Wars are back, and we are here to tell you all about it. Excited to be here tonight. It is Tuesday, October 18th, and we will be covering AEW Dynamite on a special Tuesday edition. We will be covering WWE NXT. We got breaking news coming at you. We got uh, maybe an injury scare in tonight's show. We got a lot of stuff happening. The chat room is open, so please join us. Super Chats are open. A lot of y'all already active tonight. Excited to be here tonight, and I'm more excited because, Issa, you know I love you. We've done... A Thousand Things Together in our time together Wrestling Inc. But Alfred, this is the first time we've had a chance to do a show together. And I just got to tell you, man, I am excited to be here and do this with you tonight as well.
1: I am too. And I don't know if you remember. I have a very good memory. We sat next to each other at WrestleMania in New Orleans in the press box. I was sitting, I think, two people down from you. So it's good to
0: finally do a show together with us on the same team. So it's great to be here. I, I, that is correct. I, I think we have crossed paths a couple of times around Mania and I didn't know you that first time. So I was like, oh, who are you? Oh, you're with Forbes and what do you do and everything? So um it's just a it's a small world out here. So it's great to do it this is. with you. Isa, how are you doing <laughs> tonight as well?
2: I'm very happy. Yankees move on to the ALCS. Woo! So it's a great day if you're a Yankees fan. Let's go. All right.
0: Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to tonight. Got some super chats already popping. Let me pull up a couple of y'all bringing in some some heat tonight. I know a lot of conversation around uh, what's happening with Hangman Page. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Love Ethan Cruz here. Um, acknowledge the wise man. Thank you, Ethan Cruz. Every hey. time Friday night, Paul Heyman <laughs> speaking directly to Roman Reigns speaking directly to me. Um, gotta love it. Mario Galato, Issa is all elite Alicia A. right there with you, Issa. Yep, go Yankees. Let's go. Uh, De- Deadpool Party says the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors tonight, too. So a lot of fun in L.A., I guess, huh? Yeah,
1: it's a good matchup. NBA opening night. Another reason why uh, both these shows might uh, get hurt in viewership. But a lot going on. It's a very fun day today. I think if you're a sports fan it and was. a wrestling fan the way we are, you know, I think it was a fun day.
2: Yeah, my day has filled no up. I'm not
0: What was that, so Sorry about that.
2: (laughs) No, I was going to say, I do a podcast in the afternoon, and it felt like it's been nonstop ever since because of everything going on tonight.
0: What is y'all's, I got an alpha, we got some news here to break out here in just a few seconds, but I just want to jump in here at the top because watching two shows at one time is tough, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And this is what I was doing during the pandemic when they were doing
1: the Wednesday Night Wars. And I forgot how tough it is because I'm used to watching now on Tuesdays NXT or Dynamite where it goes to commercial and you get a break. But you just don't get to breathe. It's like four hours of programming into like one two-hour window where you're constantly going back and forth. It's fun like once in a while and it's fun, that war atmosphere. It really is. It does add something, but it's a lot of work. It really is. Issa,
0: what's your strategy? Do you have it on a phone, a tablet, a TV? What's your what's your approach here with the uh, multi-screen yeah, I have, viewing format? I
2: have my tablet, I have my tablet and my phone, and I was doing a watch along. So, try watching both shows and entertaining the the live audience. is It's a lot of fun. My ADHD was put to the test tonight for sure.
1: Issa was awesome on her watch along tonight. You guys gotta go rewatch it.
0: There you go. I, well, it's tough for me, too, because of to that point, Alfred. I feel like you you can't – it's hard to go deep on one show. Like, the commercial breaks give you a chance to process. Yeah. You're watching a match and getting really into it. I got two screens up. I'm like, wait, which one looks more interesting to me? And I yeah. tend to err on the side of promos, I feel like. Like, when people start talking, especially when I see – we'll get to it later – MJF and uh, Sir William Ringle and the ring, tonight, uh, ring together, my, my brain jumps over there. I got to hear what they're saying, and the match kind of yeah. goes on mute for me, so it's tough.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I just wish nights like this make me wish that so I watch on sling and I wish that they were able to record and track how much time I had one on mute and how much time I didn't like which one won the mute wars, because that's what it was. I had two screens up on sling and one would be muted and one wouldn't be muted. And based on how interested I was, I would unmute them.
0: You called it the Mute Wars. Don't give Tony Khan any ideas for his next special (laughs) event on Wednesday night, okay? This is not what we're here for. (laughs) All right, Alfred, I know you got some big news for us coming in today. So if you don't mind kicking us off here, what's going on in the world of pro wrestling?
1: absolutely we got some ratings information the raw ratings are in 1.804 million which is a very good number in terms of total viewership because it was up in terms of last week it was up and it was a big number coming off of bray wyatt so they maintained most of that audience but there was an 11 percent drop in 18 to 49 uh, of for a good overall number what's interesting is the smackdown number now i expect the smackdown number to be gigantic because bray wyatt was advertised in the last time people thought he was going to be on smackdown it did its biggest number in two years, and it did the same number it did with an NFL lead-in, so I was expecting a huge number. Didn't do a big overall number. It did about the same as what it's done, but in terms of 18 to 49, it did peak the audience. with Bray Wyatt on SmackDown, it went up 9% during total viewership for his segment, and then 16% in 18 to 49. So, if you look okay. at the whole number, it does look like it's a kind of the same number that they've done, but definitely still interest in this Bray Wyatt storyline because his segment really popped the audience, he said.
2: Yeah, it was a great segment. It was a great promo. Um, I, I love that number from for Monday Night Raw. I love that wrestling just feels interesting and hot again. And I saw a lot of debate going on in, in Twitter today, but I do think that live sports are thriving right now because so many shows you're able to stream on, or watch them later, that I feel like a lot of people don't, like, are going back to watch these cable network shows on streaming services, where sports, I watch live. There's no way that I'm going to go watch a, a wrestling show, because social media already spoiled it for me, or a baseball game. Like I'm not going to DVR a baseball game, right? So I yeah. feel like it's a great time for wrestling and, and for sports overall. Right now, I'm excited to see that. And Monday Night Raw did not advertise Bray Wyatt. They did, have a, they did advertise Brock Lesnar, which always pops a rating, but they used him in the first five minutes, and they still managed to keep that audience in, so good for them.
0: You see some people on both sides, I guess, watching SmackDown, watching Raw, and it feels like what they did with Raw this week was really smart. You were advertising Brock, you gave the fans Brock, but for the fans who only watch SmackDown, you hooked them with the Hey, we're, or did not watch night. lunch say we hooked them with the, Hey, we got the Bray Wyatt stuff. You didn't see it on Friday night. We're going to show it to you later in the evening. And they play that throughout the evening. So Issa, I agree with you, man. Live sports are back. It's awesome. And it feels like it's DVR proof. Like I-, I love shows. This is going to sound weird. Everybody loves binge watching shows. I love the fact that game of Thrones comes on every Sunday because I talk about it and we look forward to it and there's conversation around it and Live sports also feels that way. We're here talking about it with all these great fans right here in the chat room tonight. And I love the live conversation. And it brings us together in a way that just binging a show over a weekend feels like it's kind of one and done, you know.
1: Yeah. And wrestling does have both elements in terms of a show that is a live sport and also a show that I think you can go back and watch on DVR. If there's a segment that you liked, if there's something that you wanted to see again. I know I went back and watched JBL's promo because I thought he was very good on Raw. It was a long episode and I wouldn't say it was a particularly great episode as a whole, but I thought JBL was fantastic in his segment. I don't know how far Baron Corbin's going to go with this new gimmick, but I do think JBL is going to really help it. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, but he didn't get that suit tailored. It was horrible. <laughs> it under. was, was an <laughs> awful, awful <laughs> <laughs> fit. The man is a millionaire. He, he don't know. even have somebody tailoring his suits. Come on. <laughs> I think he's got it. He can't
1: tailor it next week. He can't go back and and succumb to the Twitter peer pressure. He's got to have baggier and baggier fits if he wants to be a heel. But like, uh, my goodness, be some of these pictures. <laughs>
2: No, he needs to just say that Oklahoma City is so bad that he couldn't even find a good tailor. Like, that would be perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy but it's kind of like i feel like as you know and now rick flair has avoided this vince mcmahon avoided it but like as wrestlers start getting a little bit older and they don't have the same level of like muscle mass in the v-shaped body like mm. the suits don't fit you as well and i see a lot of wrestlers go to a looser style of clothing and i okay, want a little looser, bit like
2: J- but not like show up in big show's <laughs> pants
0: <laughs> yeah you look like using crisscross
1: that's right yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a oh man <laughs> glad would i love that but no yeah shout out to jb on raw it was, it, was a, it was a fine episode and the numbers against nfl competition because you remember they had that like four i think it was like a five-week stretch where they did over two million they were doing monster numbers and so now you have to kind of temper that but 1.8 million against nfl especially against a very competitive game star studded You had russell wilson who's killing my fantasy football team, but against Justin (laughs) Herbert. And it was a very close game that went into overtime and WWE hung right in there. So, you know, good on them for doing that number.
0: And USA exec seems pretty happy with the recent rise in numbers as well. If if I'm not mistaken, I read that in the article as well.
1: Very much so. They're very excited. There were reports before that during the final days of the Vince McMahon era of USA Network being very frustrated with the numbers. And, you know, it is a new shine of the Triple H era, but at the same time, we got to give the man credit in terms of this era, I think has done a good job presenting WWE and a lot of their superstars in ways that a lot of fans would have liked to see them. There, there's a lot of reclamation projects. We're getting a lot of surprise returns. We're all seeing it come together. And I think that excitement is still in the air.
0: Where, where's the 24-7 titles? Anybody seen that recently? Is that- <laughs> That's one of those things that have just co- disappeared. And this is something okay. that
1: I kind of had. A, I had an idea that Triple H might not be a big fan of this. And it does seem that way. Is that ever since he came into power, we have not seen any 24-7 chases. We have barely seen the title. They've mentioned it for storyline purposes, but they haven't done anything with it. Oh,
2: man. I'm perfectly okay with that. It seems to be a, a gag on house shows now. That's what I see. Yeah.
0: So. It just never had the credibility, and it's good that it's kind of left in the back burner, but this is where USA being happy with Triple H I think is a good thing. That 24-7 title was a result of, if I remember correctly, USA interference. We have an idea. Could we do something like this? And yeah. leave the pro wrestling to the pro wrestling experts, y'all, and I'm glad Triple H is at the helm now because, agreed, better show, better product, better entertaining storylines. Um, you know, it's all good stuff. What That's else you got time,
1: It was their idea. So it is kind of like, now that they're happy with it, it's like, yeah, now you see that when we actually control things, it's a lot better. It's a very good point. Uh, Our our last story is uh, some good news. I actually woke up to this news. Chris Jericho has signed an extension with... Uh, AEW for at least three more years. Not only is he going to continue wrestling at age 51, which he should wrestle for the rest of his life if he can. Chris Jericho also will have an expanded role on commentary, which he already does mentoring young talent, and as a producer with creative so it looks like AEW this year has kind of been defined by backstage issues and turmoil, and they're really kind of solidifying the guys that they can trust, the Jon Moxley's the Chris Jericho's. Funny because they're former WWE guys, but they do come off as AEW company guys because they're also day one AEW guys, and AEW seems to be building their company in terms of mentorship, solidifying the locker room around these talents, he says.
2: I'm sorry, I'm currently being bullied by my dog. But yes, I did see this news <laughs> and it was awesome But awesome for Chris Jericho. I mean, he's been there since day one. I did expect him to renew his title and continue on. He's doing great. He's had a great run with AEW.
0: I love the comment in the article uh, about Tony Khan saying Jericho has found the fountain of youth. And 51 years old, having some of the best matches of his career. Uh, you know, there was that period when he first came into AEW. Um, he, he was going for a different look. He had bulked up a little bit, but I like the fact that he has slimmed down now. He seems uh, super energetic in the ring. He's having long matches and matches weekly on AWTV. At this point, most legends are kind of toning it down to a WrestleMania appearance, SummerSlam appearance, maybe a few pay-per-views, but Jericho's got some longevity, and I couldn't agree like more with the point that they are rebuilding in the post. Whatever's going to happen with the Elite and, and Punk, we don't know yet, but in post that world, um, we've gone back to mocks who've gone back to Jericho and building the foundations of AEW around those two talents uh, is just going to pay them dividends moving forward I, it's a weird spot for Jericho to be in this ring of honor uh, spectrum um, but I also it kind of makes sense because it's a title that he can brag about and it, it adds an extra storyline element to it which I think is really interesting so good news for AEW and Jericho seems like he is happy here as well which is important yeah
2: And the Ring of Honor
1: storyline is another great angle with Jericho. And usually I get very nervous hearing about wrestlers also being part of creative. But Chris Jericho is on a very short list of wrestlers who I think should be part of creative, whether it's during or after his career. Because this is a guy, one of his legacy points is going to be that he always had a new, he approached wrestling like a stand-up comedian. He had a different hour every year. once something got too over... He didn't rely on his laurels like a lot of wrestlers would. He said, no, I got to get something else. I got to do something else. And he's had one gimmick after another get super over. So that's all creative. And if anybody should be part of creative as a wrestler, it's Chris Jericho. One
0: hundred percent. Well, and Matt Hardy's up there, right? It's Matt Hardy. Oh Chris yeah, Jericho definitely. Edge guy. is up there
1: who has worked sure. in creative. Like there's a very short list, but Jericho's on that list for me.
2: Yeah.
0: Abdulani with the chat, Chris Jericho <laughs> is being Vince McMahon and AEW now with more work. Um, but yeah, still wrestling, still being creative, bringing a different presence to it. I love everything about it. Well, speaking of Ring of Honor, I don't want to – Alfred, great job. Appreciate you bringing the news for us. Um, yes. Writer for Forbes, um, in addition to your online YouTube duties. But I, I, I um, don't want to steal your thunder here. I did bring one more news and note contract around that, and that was Tony Khan to Sports Illustrated, I think it was today or yesterday, oh, yeah. um, saying – uh, they are hoping to do, in the vein of Ring of Honor, they want to do more Ring of Honor shows in 2023. So, of course, advertised tonight all over the show um, was uh, Final Battle for this year's Ring of Honor show uh, coming in December 10th. And then he says they hope to follow that up with a weekly show in 2023. So, Issa, weekly Ring of Honor, you do everything else for Wrestling Inc. here. Are you going to yeah. be on the weekly post-game shows for Ring of <laughs> Honor come 2023?
2: <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Let's let's see. Let's let them get that deal first and then we'll discuss that part. But (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if they have a TV deal with them. Bro.
0: (laughs) She said bro.
1: (laughs) Roman wants them to have a TV deal. That's all this is. (laughs)
0: Oh, That's good stuff. Uh, Going to you, Alfred, I mean, Ring of Honor weekly TV show, it feels kind of crowded to me right now. I think it's good to break that brand away a little bit. What's your thoughts?
1: It's definitely crowded. I think it will help. I mean, if what I'm hearing is true, there there, there might be an HBO Max involvement, or if it's Mm -hmm. streaming, I think that would really help Ring of Honor, because I don't think Ring of Honor should... Operate on the same level in terms of AEW Dynamite or an NXT, where you're looking at TV ratings every week. Because I do not expect those TV ratings to be particularly high, but at the same time, I don't think it's fair to judge Ring of Honor on those principles. But if you have it as a streaming property, the value it could bring to an HBO Max, because you know HBO Max has, has a couple of shows and stuff here, or any streaming services that has a couple of big shows, they're going to get the audiences. But most shows on a streaming services are very fractured. And I do think that a lot of these streaming executives would be very interested and their eyes would be open in terms of how loyal the wrestling audience is. And I think a ring of honor on a streaming service would uh, bring the type of numbers to that show that are bigger than most shows on the platform, which would be good for AEW.
2: Possibly.
0: Don't worry, uh, Issa, you're getting lots of love out there. Um, Ricky Zaldivar says, hi, little Roman. Hey. <laughs> dream Dream Studio. <laughs> acknowledge roman uh so your guest appearance from your little fluffer nutter out there is uh people are loving it so thank you for I that.
2: just I you just wiped him with a treat so he stopped
1: <laughs> if it's be- because of acknowledging i acknowledge you roman if that's what this is i acknowledge
2: roman <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you
0: we all bow down to roman Reigns <laughs> here well thank you again alfred for kicking us off there with some some breaking news here and um unfortunately we might have a little bit more breaking news um, Coming out by the moment, uh, don't know much beyond what's already been out there on Twitter so far, which is very little, uh, but to end, and we're going to cover the entire shows, but let's start with kind of the headline here. Um, you know, Joey Bags, 421, everybody in the chat room, how's Hangman? Yes, so main event of AEW Dynamite tonight uh, was John Moxley defending his AEW World Championship against Adam Hangman Page. Um, they were having one hell of a fight, a brawl throughout the crowd. Of course, no surprise here, Moxley was busted open. Um, I I believe the sequence was Alfred Issa, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, it was Hangman Page did the Lariat uh, buckshot. Um, Moxley got up, went to the corner. Page went to the other corner. Moxley ran at him with a clothesline. Page flipped over, and as he flipped over, he kind of caught the side of his face and his Mm -hmm. neck. Um, and immediately it seemed like something was wrong. And At first, I wasn't sure if it was a a work or what was going on there, but the ref ran over, um, made a a gesture to uh, the doctor at ringside, Doc Sampson, um, and you could tell that just something wasn't right, and uh, this was about 9.50, so it seemed like they still had some time to go in the match, Um, and then immediately the announcers were like, yeah, it looks like he's hurt. They they brought a stretcher out. Uh, It looks like Hangman Page got hurt during the segment. I know some of y'all are going to be like, well, um could have been a work could have been this could have been that sure right but if you look at the way they produced this it was 9 50 they were way too early um, for what they wanted to do for their timing and they were really intentional after the first replay about not showing Paige yeah. on camera and then when they came back to the ring you could tell the bottom rope had been loosened up i'm assuming they needed to move page out and put him on the stretcher and there's some pictures online um, of, you know, him lying down in the ring. So um, it seems like right at the end of the show, we had a pretty scary injury. Moxley, and I'll, I'll get to your reactions here in a second, but Moxley got on the microphone and kind of had to vamp for time, uh, made a comment, said, I hope, you know, this is a tough business. I hope Paige is going to be able to walk again, wrestle again, um, spend time with his kid playing again. So I get the feeling this is real. And if so, this is a very scary injury and I am incredibly concerned Uh, for the status of Hangman Pedro. I'm sure he's, it seemed like he was breathing, he could move, he could talk, but uh, we don't know to what extent that looks like at this moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can go uh, first, Issa.
2: No, it look, I don't know. People are reporting. I was scrolling through a timeline just now that mm-hmm. it's a concussion, suspected to be a concussion. They have taken him to a hospital to confirm that. But I mean, as we know, Adam Cole's concussion is a scary one. We still don't know when Adam Cole's going to be able to come back. I just I just hope and pray he's okay. I never thought he was at work. Not for one second. As soon as I saw him land and I saw the way they handled everything, saw the way the cameras were. You could tell they were stalling and trying to figure out what to do with the remaining of the time. You could tell that the cameras were trying to do everything to avoid showing him. I to me everything looked like a very real injury and thoughts and prayers with hangman. And there's a lot of people tweeting out in support, which I I I don't understand where people are getting the idea that it's a storyline. It looked very Mm -hmm. scary. Like I said, I hope he's okay.
1: Yeah, in wrestling, there's always going to be that prevailing notion that it might be part of a work. Seeing this, to me, the spot, when I saw the spot itself, didn't look too bad. And when I saw William Regal head out, I thought, oh, okay, so they're doing the angle with MJF now. But once you saw how disjointed it became and how they immediately cut to promoting the shows and they started vamping and they give Sean Moxley a live mic, and he just started cursing like a sailor that's when i knew it was real because that was jonathan good when he was cutting that promo just cursing and and it was very disjointed in terms of how it happened but um also very scary and uh, as much as i hate to say this some of the worst injuries in wrestling that have happened in terms of ending somebody's career or being long-term they always kind of seem not that you know kind of innocuous they don't seem that bad like we saw riddick moss when he landed on his head i thought he broke his neck and he was gonna die and like he's fine the next week Whereas you see something like a triple H when he went in to hit Chris Jericho and he tore his quad up. It didn't look that bad. And Hangman on the page landing on his face, you, you do see how it could be a concussion. And that's what really scares me is that as bad as it looked to kind of land on his face, it didn't look, it just looked like the kind of spot that he would typically take. but. The fact that he couldn't get up and it might be head-related, it's it's very scary. So, yeah, prayers up for him.
2: Man. That is the one thing that I did notice. I had to go back and find the spot on Twitter, find a clip. And I'm watching it. I'm watching it live. And a lot of people in my chat were also saying I, I missed the exact spot. Like, it went from the wrestling to, to doctors are shaking on him. So, mm-hmm. it happened so fast that it didn't look like it was one of those very scary spots where it's obvious what had happened.
0: Well, I think that's what made it kind of challenging at first because um, it, it didn't, to your point, it didn't look like it was easy to miss. It didn't look that damaging or that painful. I rewatched the spot on replay a couple of times, and I'm like, did he hurt his neck? Did he hurt his head? It happened so sudden. And at first, I wasn't thinking it was a work once I realized how serious it was. But they didn't throw up the X. I was looking for the X mm-hmm. and see it, right? Of course, they use that in storylines as well. But I thought, okay, they're, they found a way to work around we have we're building towards Moxley um, with MJF and we don't want Page to look weak. So we're going to do this injury angle to get out there. Then I realized, no, that's not what's happened here at all. When there was a certain gravity to the situation and always get, um, you know, concussions, they can be one of those things that are he got beat up and knocked out and he'll be back. I mean, Enzo Amore is a great example of this got knocked out stone cold live on pay-per-view and was fine afterwards. Right. A, a little, a little crazy for other reasons, but fine afterwards. Um, but also you can have repetitive concussions and Daniel Bryan is an example of a guy who almost lost his career over concussion. So I don't want to make light of this. I will say the concern I had was around neck and the way he twisted mm. and Hearing it's a concussion and he's in medical treatment makes me feel a little bit better, I think. Maybe a little bit more relieved than if it was a neck injury. I don't know how you feel, Alfred, but I I don't know. Concussion seems a little bit less... Damaging until we know more, right?
1: Yeah, definitely less damaging than your garden variety neck injury, which could cost you a career. But at the same time, concussions are different for everybody. We're seeing Adam Cole's going through a concussion problem where I've heard that he might not wrestle again. Hopefully, that's not the case. But certain people deal with concussions differently and respond to it differently. So, depending on the severity of the concussion or Hayman's history with concussions, which nobody really knows what that is in terms of how many legit diagnosed concussions he's had. Uh, This could be very serious uh, in terms of how Kingman was carted out and how they immediately seemed to know that he had a concussion.
0: Yeah, getting some love in the blue chew says, Hope Cole comes back too. Ask him Cole about and ask Cole about never coming back. Um, I mean, yeah, great call out there. Concussions can be serious. Yeah. Isa, I gotta get your reaction on this because I did have one other thought as we were going through all of this. So they were vamping for time. It was 1050. 1050, you know, they go to the announcers, they're kind of saying, oh, this is this is serious, whatever else. Um, they give mox a mic. It's 1053, 1054. He calls out MJF, and and we'll get to the promo with him and Regal earlier in the night as we as we progress in the show tonight. But he calls out MGF, MJF, MJF comes out, brings his poker chips, gonna do the cash in for his um, his Money in the Bank, AEW style, and brings a ref with him. Then he doesn't do it, right? He says, no, I'm not going to do it tonight. Yeah, Bails out on it. Now, this was 1055, 1056. It seems like that's what they wanted to do to end the show no matter what. They still got there. But, Issa, I felt like they should have just canceled that. He wasn't cashing in for real. Mm-hmm. There was never the intent for him to win the belt tonight. That is MJF. Um, they just were kind of continuing the feud. And I think the gravity of the page situation, if I were sitting in the back and gorilla, I would have said, listen, it's in 57. Now let's cut a promo, but let's just get off the air, right? We got to take care of page. We're just building towards a future segment. I thought it was a little bit in poor taste right on the back end of that injury to go to that segment that didn't really serve a much greater purpose other than continuing a fo- feud. What are your thoughts?
2: I, I, I did have similar thoughts as this was probably how they meant to go off the air altogether. I was literally speaking about how uh, full gear is a month from now. We have no matches set. Like I'm like, at some point, you had to build for full gear. Um, so I figured this was going to happen. And it looks like as we talk more about the show so i think they're building for njf to become the biggest baby face in aw history and and him announcing it ahead of time is such the start of that when we get into the segment earlier him not attacking regal there's been so many little signs that they have given us throughout the week that njf is going to just and he's going to be a huge baby face when it happens i don't know that i found that in poor taste just because the show must go on mentality you have 10 minutes to go what are we going to do i will say one thing if there's going to be two pros that are going to be able to improvise and and think on the spot it's going to be moxley and mjf so they probably did call on the right names to try to end this you know make it through the next nine minutes as quickly as we can and get get off the air yes
1: and i did forget to mention it louis uh Ber- Beronda just tweeted in the chat he did mjf did send out a tweet that said prayers for hangman you know mjf is typically in character and you know doing his gimmick on twitter but this does seem to be a situation that's affected the whole locker room so this very much that kind of signals to me also that this is very very real. Big
2: e, Big E sent out a tweet for hangman ah. like there's people even from wwe some of
1: and i will say this isa because i do agree with you that mjf one day whether he wants to or not is going to be the biggest baby face in wrestling possibly but I do think that this is another one of his little swerves where, because like every six months he teases that he's going to be a baby face only to be more of a heel. And I do think that between him and Regal, I think the goal is that Regal is going to turn on Moxley and they're going to make MJF an even bigger heel. And that He's saying he's going to do it the right way. Regal said he should do it the right way. And I think they're both going to turn heel.
2: That would be incredible too.
0: You got a lot of love uh, for that idea here. Um, we got some swerves coming up in the Super Chats. I, I do want to clarify one thing. Don't engage with the trolls, I get this, but just want to clarify my stance. Dave Voice, I'm glad it's only a concussion is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Maybe that was poorly worded <laughs> on my part. I I'm not glad it's a concussion. Let me clarify. I'm not glad that anybody got hurt in the wrestling ring. And I don't know how serious this is, and it could be very serious, so maybe I'll regret saying that. Neck injuries really scare me in the moment because we have seen maybe it's just the history of me watching professional wrestling and I can name so many guys that concussions maybe weren't the big thing that 20 years ago, they are today. And we don't know about all the damages, but it's guys like draws who lost their careers as a result. It's guys like Biggie who are on the shelf from neck injuries. And I think as a fan, those really scare me because they happen just like that. Concussions are also dangerous. And I, I, I don't, I'm not glad it's a concussion. Um, Right. I and just I hope know,
1: it's, we saw Saraya. You know I mean. Saraya just came back and she's gonna be cleared for AEW. And that's another one that her career ended essentially because of neck trauma. So you know, neck trauma is a very serious thing and concussions are serious. We don't want to sit here and rank
0: them, but I completely understand yes.
1: what you're saying, Michael. Yes, then, just want to clarify know. that. Neck trauma well, let's is jo-
0: very serious. You know what? I'm running the show tonight. I'm not Glenn. We're gonna kinda go this in my own pattern. And since we're already here, let's talk about this banger of an MJF and William Regal's segment, that this has just got to be, this is one of those times where NXT had something going on, mm-hmm. and I had to keep coming back to AEW because of what was happening here. Just a hell of a I second.
2: never looked at my second screen the yes. entire time those two were in my, on my TV. The mute wars, the watch like it was, everything that we saw in this segment was absolutely incredible.
1: This was the um, only segment between both shows that I just put yeah. on I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to be watching, and I'm not even going to worry about what's on the other station.
2: Yes, and like I said, I do watch and also I'm typically talking and these things are going on. That whole moment was probably just speechless. like just watching word by word, hanging by every word that was said. It was yeah. beautifully done and executed.
0: Let's get to some of the highlights from this. So uh, we were advertised at the night we're going to have Blackpool Combat Club's William Regal in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Um, MJF comes out early on. I love this. William Regal put on the brass knucks. And MJF said, no, you're not going to need those. We're not going to have a fight tonight. And MJF tells this beautiful story about um, when he was a kid and um, he went to go work as an extra with WWE in Brooklyn. And they were having these tryout matches and, you know, William Regal said, come to the back with me, kid. We're going to have a conversation. And he said, cut a promo for me. And um, MJF cuts a hell of a promo. And William Regal says, you know what? I'm going to put my name on you. You're going to be one of the ones for us. When he finds out how young MJF was, he says, well, come back. Send me tape every month. Send me tape. Um, And MJF sends him tape every month, you know, and a promo every month. And then one month, William Regal writes back and says, um, you know, I need to see you essentially. I want to see more from you. I don't want to see you as just an actor. I want to see you as a wrestler. The game has changed. Right. Uh, and he, MJF said this fired him up so much because he was so pissed off at William Regal that William Regal had shot down his dreams uh, that he, he implied he wanted to kill himself. Um, and it really almost killed his dream. But he said, instead he used it as fuel for the fire it fired him up. He reads it every single day. Um, and, Uh, he uses that to prove people like William Regal wrong. Well, William Regal then took a microphone, and I am condensing a lot of this. Go out of your way to watch these moments. It was just uh, 10 minutes of beautiful storytelling between these two professionals. William Regal says, listen, when I grew up in the kit business, I had to go, I left home at 16, right? I went out there, I had to wrestle grown men. I got beat up. I was bleeding from every hole when I was 16, 17, 18. I had to prove to myself that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And he said, if all it took for you was an email from me, well, then I did my job to inspire you to be here today. And kid, you had it easy, right? Uh, so um we saw throughout this promo here that the you know everybody loves William Regal, like he is pro wrestling royalty. Uh, But we saw MJF slowly, slowly, slowly get more cheers from the audience. And it felt like we had a little bit of that turn here. Um, And just, again, the intensity from MJF, the smirk, the reactions, the subtle emotions and reactions of feelings from William Regal playing off of that. I thought this was just a well-done segment and really did tell a different page in this story. Alfred, want to start with your thoughts, Issa, I know you have some too. But um yeah, just a, an incredible segment between two professionals at very different stages in their careers.
1: Yes, very well said. I thought it was phenomenal. It was so good that I thought MJF was winning the title this night. I, I, I kind of was suspicious of him possibly cashing in tonight. And I just thought that this is so good and he was so on and he had those crowd. And Regal was good in the segment too, because to your point, they did turn into MJF's favor after he cut that promo. He was full babyface. They loved MJF. And when Regal started talking, it was like Regal was the guy who shunned MJF. They chanted, you effed up after MJF revealed that Regal passed him over. So Regal was kind of swimming upstream, but did fantastically. He charmed his way through all these fans and talked about, hey, I used the brass nuts because I wanted to. It was fun. So they did a good job, both of them. They did such a good job that like in my mind, I kind of fantasy booked the whole angle. And and that's a credit to the storyline As I thought like, OK, so then Regal is going to help turn with MJF. He's going to use a brass knucks on John Moxley. And I do expect those brass knucks to be used. And if I'm right, it's not because I can see into the future. It's because me. it's a credit to the storyline for doing a good job telling the story. And that I think I know where this is going.
2: I, I, I loved everything about this. The fact that NJF managed to get the crowd to turn on William Regal is just yeah. something that I never thought that I would see, and he did it. and he did. The UF top chance just popped me, you know, like the crowd <laughs> saying, why didn't you sign this man, you know? um, And then William Regal getting them right back when he got on the mic and, and he responded to NJF. This was beautiful. I love the... I love the reality behind it. It's a real story, it's something that really happened. I love that that's what inspired NJF, the the people that says you can't do it. That, that That's why I say when he does go on to become a babyface, it's going to be great. But I do think that NJF and Regal teaming up will be, uh, will be a money team. But overall, this was my favorite thing on both shows tonight. I could not get my eyes off of it. It was excellent. Uh, I can't even tell you what was going on in NXT during this segment.
0: You're not the only one who has a little bit of a swerve on the mind here. Sega Genesis with the super <laughs> chat earlier in the show said, I may be wrong, but I sense a swerve at full gear with MJF and Regal, the way Regal told him that he still has a lot to learn. Yuta Claudio lost their titles. Danielson lost his match. And by the way, I missed this when I did the recap, but the other guys William Regal had said he put his name to were John Moxley, Daniel Bryson and um claudio or cesaro in wwe and so this playoff here is really interesting so Sega genesis saying danielson lost his title match regal will jump on the mjf train regal lord stephen regal as i will always remember him wants to be a heel mjf mm-hmm. wants to be a heel if you know who regal was back in his wcw days he was full of it in his speech about his shortcuts directed at mjf swerve so Sega genesis thank you
2: agree.
0: for the super chat and for the incredible fantasy booking there um Blackpool Combat Club, we're going to lose William Regal to MJF. That could be an interesting takeoff here, huh? Richard, you and think? MJF is a student of the game. He's an old
1: school guy. He he loves the kind of territory era. And MJF, in all his years, I thought this is what it gonna, was going to be with Stokely Hathaway, is that he was finally going to get a heel manager who could also talk, much like Bobby Heenan and Nick Bockwinkle. But it looks like that Bobby Heenan and Nick Bockwinkle is going to be MJF and William Regal. And I would love to see that yeah, combination and, of two guys who could talk.
2: Yeah, and Regal turning on Moxley would just make sense if Moxley drops that title. To Let's say that it happens after Moxley drops the title. That's the last hope of the Blackpool Combat Club. Everybody else has failed at this point. The only one that has gone out there and won matches out of all of them has been Mox.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can absolutely see it. And I, I really hope that is a direction because while I do think – Listen, MJF is inevitably going to be a babyface, but there's still juice in him being a heel. And this is such a great heel turn that would work in terms of him. The storyline is, and the fans are believing this, MJF is going to do it the right way. Gosh darn it. We're going to give it the college turn, and I'm going to do it as a babyface. And I expect this match to be insanely competitive, back and forth, no interference, until the very end when he does use the shortcut because of William Regal. It'll make both of them pieces of crap.
0: Dylan Matthews. Regal has to turn on Blackpool Cl- Combat Club. Blue BPCC can be the next Horseman DX NWO. Baby Ice agrees with Sega. And Mike Martin says, I'm leaning on you, Alfred, to make this podcast funny. So keep <laughs> the- we coming. Fun. It already is funny. <laughs> we're,
1: we're hilarious. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. I, I think it's, I think it's great fantasy booking. And I love the long tease here for MJF. Again, we're going to see him. He's going to be a baby face. I'm going to cheer for him next month. Nope. And you, the more you get that snatched away from you, whenever one day, maybe a year from now, two years from now, who knows when he does turn baby face, it's going to feel that much more worthwhile. It's, it's like the, the long turn for Roman Reigns, right? We had to go through a decade of Roman Reigns being shoved on our face as a baby face. For us to really appreciate how great he is as a and it's kudos to his talent. i personally
2: never ever mind robin reigns being shoved into anything when it comes to my face or my anything Do it for 10 years <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> acknowledge are we rated tv ma
1: i know <laughs> oh, we uh, we threw those ratings out uh months ago
0: <laughs> it's like cobra Kai. We're, we're watching the latest season of cobra kai and it's like every episode they're dropping f-bombs and i'm like this is yeah. like a family show like if this is a movie it would be rated r like how do they get away with this and still this like earnest friendly this is what this podcast is. We're earnest and fun, and, and, and Alfred, you're the funny one, but we're a little bit TVMA at times, a little hot and steamy over no, there. We're all it's
1: funny. I'm just trying to keep up with Isa. We're, we're all very funny.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Great promo. Go ahead and go ahead and check it out. So much. And to your point, Isa, from the very beginning here, they've not done much building for Full Gear. There was some good, interesting stuff happening right after the infamous brawl, but they've been a little bit aimless for a while now with AEW storytelling. And this is the one story that it seems like they've sunk their teeth into MJF is a huge star no matter what and uh, yeah building the world title match a month out that seems like yeah you should be doing that now so glad to see them moving forward uh, with that there as well
2: hopefully nobody gets suspended and we can actually have the match
0: <laughs> yeah we don't want to well, do backstage fights or injuries <laughs> and I, I I, think AEW's problems are bigger than injuries you can you can blame some of that on injuries we lost people we lost Kenny Omega yada 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 but um, yeah hangman page if he is injured um, that's a Big loss on your roster right now when you're already spread thin from a lot of the things happening. So that's a that's a tough thing to book around. So um, again, thoughts and prayers and um, all sincerity though with, with Hangman Adam Page there. Well, let's go through. Uh, let's run down AEW Dynamite. I'm not going to do the picture and picture for this show, although it was a lot of fun in the first commercial break when we had a picture and picture from Some
1: AEW.
0: Shows. <laughs> yeah, it was for my market. I don't know if it
1: was you guys. It was Downey versus Dish. Those are the two brands <laughs> going head to head.
0: <laughs> oh it was like big little big little and then they both the matches ended at about the same time too as this wild yeah. kind of opening segment here there was a
2: couple of times that they were doing the exact same thing same time on commercial <laughs> break same time so yeah. everything but there was i can tell you when we get to certain segments and i feel lost <laughs> then i'll know i was paying attention to the other show then
0: <laughs> it was the i think the aw women's match was happening at the same time NXT was doing a women's segment, which stood out to me because AEW only does, like, one women's segment every week. So, yeah, right. um, anyway. <laughs> no, the um,
2: AEW women's title match was actually put in a different spot. We'll get to it. But okay. I, they have my attention to Shinsuke Nakamura came out. Once that's Shinsuke right. Nakamura came out, you lost me. <laughs> it was a good match of Japanese
1: stars during that segment. Had Shinsuke, yes, had it was. Riho came back. That was Japan stand-up.
0: <laughs> well, and you saw a lot, too. Just bigger picture. It was a great kind of, like, vantage point into how both shows are booked right now because in the opening 20 minutes we had so many of those lower bumpers advertising everything on AEW show tonight nxt had none of that right yeah. um there were segments where there were like a lot of run-ins in AEW and there was none of that happening in uh wwe yeah. so it's just a really interesting way to kind of see the differences in philosophies when it comes i know some of y'all love aw for what it does Um, Some of y'all like the more traditional format of WWE. So a lot of interesting stuff. Let's get to it here. Let's jump into NX or AEW, excuse me. Opened up with a hot, hot match. We had Death Triangle versus the Best Friends for the AEW World Trios Championship match. And there was so much going on in this match. It was tough to keep up, right? Um, Pack and Orange Cassidy opened up the match with a big boot. Um, We had fights outside the ring. Of course, um, Penta was just doing some crazy things. I'd love to remember. I, I, this was one of those things where I wish the picture in picture wasn't what we had to watch there uh, because there was so There was a great um, tor- acrobatic tornado DDT the Phoenix. Um, we had uh, Chuck and Trent um, landed an assisted Storm Zero on Penta, a close pinfall attempt there. Um, but Phoenix was tagged in, landed a heel kick on Trent, did a sit out pile driver for the win death triangle defeated best friends to defend their titles um just over 12 minutes there so hell of a match a lot of action great way to kick off the show isa did this hook you from the get-go what are your thoughts
2: not when Rhea Ripley's on my other screen, and I haven't yeah. seen her wrestling five months. No, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, it was every time I looked, there was some crazy spot happening, as you can expect from both of these teams. But Rhea Ripley is it. Haven't seen her wrestle in five months. I thought NXT did the right thing, putting her in the opening because I couldn't take my eyes off of her, and who can really look at her? Yeah, I'm right I, will, I would you. love to have a sister party with uh, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> Let's make that happen. We can make
1: happen. <laughs> Issa scissors with Rhea Ripley? That would be more of a scissor than anything we're seen in AEW.
2: I already made it happen with DMD. Rhea Ripley yeah, is next I on my it. list. <laughs> oh. the
1: I start, <laughs> AEW started on mute for me because that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, Issa, in terms of it's been a long time since I've seen Rhea Ripley wrestle. The crowd was there for it and it did seem like a bigger deal. So it was more visually pleasing to see all these high spots in the trios match and them flying around. So that was nice to see on mute, but I was watching Rhea's pretty much return to the ring and return to NXT. And I thought it was a good match. It was a styles class because on NXT, you had the kind of David versus Goliath type match with Rhea, who's just jacked, got shoulders that I'm jealous she of. She was murdering this little girl. Let's, let's be yeah, real. She was murdering Roxanne her. <laughs> and then on the other channel, you got all these guys flying around. So it was two completely different match styles. And it, I think set the tone for the wars.
0: Yep. Let's talk about that match then, because it, these two matches were about the exact same amount of time there. NXT did open up Rhea Ripley versus Roxanne Perez. Of course, uh, this was a result of the Pick Your Poison match um, and Roxanne Perez having to fight Rhea Ripley with all of um, her faction there at ringside there. And some great moments in this match. And I got to say, Rhea Ripley, you're right, Issa. Great call out there. Being on this show drew an attention in a way that wouldn't have otherwise if I think it was just NXT versus NXT, right? Also, because at ringside, you had Finn Balor, you had Dominic Mysterio, you had Damian Priest, you had all these raw stars and SmackDown stars there with you as a casual fan. If you were an NXT fan, and a lot of right? NXT
2: favorites with, with Finn Balor mm-hmm. and Priest,
0: yes, were that's big true. in NXT. That's true. Mm -hmm. big judgment If you are an AEW fan, a pro wrestling fan, and you were like, okay, I want to follow AEW to Tuesday nights. Wait, there's another... NXT's on. I've not watched NXT in two years. Let me tune it on. And then you start seeing some of these main roster stars as well in the picture-in-picture format. You might get a little more hooked on NXT as a result of the night. And I think that was Triple H's or Shawn Michaels' booking strategy for tonight was, let's bring in some big names, meld them with the younger talents, and that way the casual fans we'll see some guys they record guys and women they recognize and maybe be drawn to that show. So, um, they had a great match though. You're right. Rhea Ripley out there looked fantastic. Um, she would, she did a, uh, there was a hurricane Rana into an electric chair, face buster, um, that just looked incredible. Um, you know, a great, uh, lots of just great back and forth action. And that match actually went about almost the exact same amount of time, 12 minutes, but Rhea Ripley, um, there was a distraction by Dominic God bless Dominic and his love speaking of uh, maybe not scissor parties, but speaking of love for um, Rhea Ripley out here um, uh, gave us the distraction there allowing Ripley to get the headbutt and the win over Perez um, with the riptide there. So um, yeah, a, a great match and a good showing for Roxanne. Um, Alfred, you know, Issa says she's ready to do something to um, Rhea Ripley on that side. But uh, what are your thoughts on this opening contest? A good performance for Roxanne Perez here. Good, good stuff up for her. Yeah, I like that. I've been a fan of Roxanne for a while. It was great to see Booker T commentate this match because she's
1: his understudy, kind of his pupil. She came out of Booker T's reality of wrestling, so he was unbiased in terms, or very biased in terms of cheering for Roxanne, and so that was really actually cool to see. But Roxanne, she's a future man. She's what, 20 years old, and she doesn't seem green. She seems like a veteran. She's only going to get better, and she started off already very good. She really isn't, in the grand scheme of things, haven't been doing this for very long. So I'm very excited for her future, but this is a good match. Yeah, My and
2: I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Cora Jade, but I will say with the whole pick your poison stipulation, she did a much better job. When I saw Cora Jade just oh step God. up to Rhea Ripley, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like Roxanne went and, and picked somebody that was friends with Cora Jade. No, that, like don't do that. That's not going to go the way that you want. You want someone that's going to really hurt them so they're not 100% for your match. So as soon as I saw that, I was I was here for it. I thought Cora Jade, picked the right person to get the job done.
1: And not to get too ahead of it, but, like, I did think about you saying that she's friends with Cora Jade, and she had Roxanne on her shoulders at one point. And I was thinking, like, uh-oh. Gonna, I know. She's going to do the Batista shirt radio Randy Orton spot.
2: I thought so, too. Oh, that's
0: good stuff. Well, over on AEW Dynamite, following up that incredible opening three on three match, um, we uh, we had a uh, little backstage segment there. Tony Schiavone, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter are not happy about the title match later in the night. Um, they promised that by the end of the year, one of them will hold the gold. And then we got to see uh, former NXT standout Tony Storm, current AEW Women's Champion, defending her title against he. He. Uh, Sheeta, excuse me, I'm getting all tongue tonight, um, and uh, yeah, this was a, a pretty fast-paced match. Um, they they did not waste much time. Tony Storm, of course, getting a lot of offense in early with this. Um, Sheeta hit an Enziguri at one point um, that knocked both of them down. Um, but just uh, just an incredible thing, and a German suplex um, in the corner. Lots of stuff kind of going back and forth there. Uh, but Storm did ultimately retain retain with a big forearm. And um, keep her title, and I'm going to get to some reactions here. But the match didn't, or the segment didn't end just there, because as soon as she won, um, Jamie Hater, Rebel, began attacking Storm. Um, Soraya charges all the way down the aisle, takes out Baker. They brawl to ringside, right? Um, and then Rio makes her. So you're talking about the the return of Japanese stars and everything. Rio makes her surprise return to take out Rebel and Hater, hitting a huge crossbody outside the ring. So the match was. Fine. Um, I'm not going to say it was an instant classic. Um, Always good to see Tony Storm get out there, I think, and uh, get get us get some screen time. But to me, the focus about all of this was put on what happened after the match with all of the women's segment there. Um, Alfred, uh, what are your thoughts on the way this match played out, but really all the uh, post game shenanigans right there?
1: I actually thought the match was very good. It just, there wasn't a lot of heat for this match. And to your point, after the match was where the heat was in terms of Rio coming back, all the shenanigans they did. And then just supposed against Shinsuke Nakamura, you could argue the loudest pop on either show was Shinsuke Nakamura coming back as a surprise. Those people went freaking nuts for Shinsuke. And I, was I just not felt like this that. match for Shinsuke had so much heat throughout the entire match. They were going crazy for yeah. Shinsuke. And to watch that juxtaposed, because I did, I went back and forth with the mute wars to see like what kind of heat are these two matches getting. And the Shinsuke match blew this out of the water. The, so women, the crowd for
2: the women's match was yeah. quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good work from the women. Again, there's no doubt. We talk this is a theme on our podcast. We talk about how good the women are in AEW. They're just not doing a good job booking them as characters that people can care about. So they had a good match. People didn't really care about it. Whereas with Shinsuke and Nakamura, I thought they had a fine match, but people were going crazy for it.
2: Yeah, um, I personally was happy to see the women at the 820 spot. I thought I was watching the wrong show for a second. I was like, is this NXT or no? It's AEW, you know? Um, but it was fun to see them in a in a, in a in a good spot. I was happy with how the match was going. I didn't know how I felt about Tony, Tony D'Angelo leaving us with the cliffhanger. I didn't know that was yeah. going to make people switch the channel to AEW or stay. But mm-hmm. I, I like that he said, I'll let you know after the break who I picked, you know, and then cheesecake came out, I got to tell you. I I I told you earlier I didn't care. I love that we're discussing both shows equally, like as we go on, because I can tell you when I was into which show as we go. As soon as I saw Shinsuke and the crowd reaction to Shinsuke. It was just a beautiful thing to see. And yeah, Shinsuke did great. The women did great, but they have no heat behind it. Tony Storm, somebody in my chat earlier says this is the second time that she's uh Defending her number one contendership because she doesn't feel like a real champ. Mm-hmm. This woman didn't even take off her t-shirt. Like she didn't even wear her full gear. It didn't it just feel like, okay, I guess I guess I'll come out here and work. You know, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like she's there's something about it that makes me feel like she's not all in yet. Maybe it's because she hasn't had a significant feud. She's just going out there to have matches. Maybe it's because she didn't win the title front on the rosa. Yeah. There's something missing with this interim title ring from Tony storm.
0: I always feel like that Tony storm, and this is not anything against Tony storm, but the way that she's been booked, she's not been given a ton of mic time. She was kind of brought out as a surprise return. And that kind of was all the story that she's been given. I always felt like Tony Khan booked her like he should have booked Ruby Soho because Ruby Soho came back with just, she was a surprise earlier on. She had a lot of momentum. She had those title matches and never won the belt. And I feel like the fans gravitated towards Ruby Soho. They had a little more affinity with her right out the gate. Um, and if she would have been the champion at that point, I think it would have really meant something. Whereas, I, and this is not again, not against Tony Storm directly, it's just her, her facing out there. I think that Tony Storm has been given what I wish they would have done for Ruby Soho, and I think it would have maybe meant a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I call it in the chat room here. T- Tony Storm gets no mic time every week. Um, and it's just, what is her story? She's the interim champion, but what does that even mean? And she gets kind of upended by, the shenanigans of Britt Baker and her gang so um just it's a tough spot to be in whenever you're the champion being overshadowed by someone else you know
1: and also hurting Tony Storm I think if you're just looking at the organic nature of this women's division Jamie Hayter is emerging as like one of the bigger stars in terms of she should be the champion and I really do think that the money storyline is to have her beat Britt Baker for that title or at least win that title and have some type of problem with her and Britt Baker whereas Tony Storm seems like the odd woman out she was just kind of handed the title out of nowhere because of what happened with Tony's uh, with Thunder Rosa. And there was all Mm -hmm. kinds of controversy surrounding that. So I just feel like Tony storm as talented as she is, has just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle,
0: even though she's the champion. Well, she won the belt in a fatal four way match. Yeah. It wasn't a personal feud. There wasn't a huge story behind it. It was just, oh, look, you're in this feud, Are you in this match, and you happen to walk away with it. And I think that always takes away from, and what major storyline has she been in since then to defend that title? I think that hurts a champion if there's not a really meaningful story around what they're doing. Um, I just, I think it makes their championship reign look a little bit weaker. Maybe that's just me.
1: Yeah. And we've had a couple of these. This is now it's almost like the fool me once, fool me twice. type thing where they've done a good job with Britt Baker and Jay Cargo, but everybody else who's had a belt in that company. They've really kind of underwhelmed in terms of creating a three dimensional star. I remember when Britt Baker was in this position where she was starting to get a push and I didn't really see it with Britt Baker. But the more they let her talk, the more they did those backstage segments, the more she became a fleshed out character. But they haven't done that with the rest of the women.
0: Well, y'all hyped up the appearance, so let's jump over to NXT and what was happening simultaneously. A couple of backstage segments, that was Cameron Grimes, Dot Carl Anderson, um, getting a pile of money um, so the Good Brothers would team with him later tonight. Good, night good. I go thought he was going to gonna
2: deposit some fake crypto into their accounts. So at least he paid cash. <laughs> he had to,
0: I mean, the Cameron Grimes stories, if they're true, he cashed out all that GameStop and Dogecoin and oh, yeah, all that stuff rich. a year ago, He's right? fake-rich.
2: Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah, he, I hope so, because I
1: feel like they go back and forth in terms of when he's rich. Like he's rich when they need him to be because yeah. I was right. under the impression that he's not the rich guy anymore. But all of a sudden when he needs some tag team partners, he's got some cash on hand. So it's good that hopefully he didn't get – because I just saw that GameStop documentary and what ended up happening – no spoilers so you know. If you invest in a gay shop, shop right now, you're probably not going to make as much money as you did. So I figured that Cameron Grimes is one of those people, but apparently he I mean, look
0: at right the stock now. market today. It's down however much over the last year and a half. So, yeah, it yeah. can't be great. But you know what is consistent, though? At least Carl Anderson um, – being motivated by money and Doc Gallows being motivated by money are the two truest character yeah. traits of maybe anybody in pro wrestling right now. So, um, I, and they're I love so that. funny. Those guys are so yeah. even so AJ Styles
2: in the telling them on Raw like some things never change because they yeah. took the deal. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really hope we get South Park Regional Wrestling Season Three because I did oh rewatch God. Season One and Two. They were the best. Like the whole thing is funny, but I realized how good they were. They were
0: very funny guys.
2: I love Cesaro. Yeah. So that was
0: great. Yes. Well, you, well, he won't be able to come back, but that would be oh, that's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did get a backstage interview with Grayson Waller about him being off his game, um, and um, how he said he had beaten Apollo Cruz already, even blinded him with his star power. Um, and then we got the crossover here: Chucky, the creepy doll, setting up for Halloween Havoc. Um, that Waller's match against Apollo Cruz is a spin the wheel, make the deal match, which I'm pretty sure Chucky did the same thing last year at Halloween Havoc. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll have this partnership as long as Chucky is still a thing, so maybe hopefully forever because I love everything about Chucky and horror in general. Me too, um,
2: except for his hair. He needs to call AJ Styles and get some tips because Chucky's hair needs some help. No,
0: <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good guy doll. That's that's what he needs, right?
2: <laughs> he needs better so hair. Is,
0: is Chucky one of the longest, like, Chucky's done it all now, right? He's been in WWE. He was in WCW, right? He like was. Is he one of the... Right. They did this, a yeah. callback
1: because he did a segment with Rick Steiner yeah. and then yep. last year he yep. did a segment with Braun Breaker. So I was he did surprised yep. did that again.
0: That's mm-hmm. right. That's <laughs> cool. This is this to me you can, corporate partnerships are weird. But they're towing the right balance here. They're not having Chucky come out and wrestle, but his interference in these segments, and we'll get to it later tonight, feel like a lot I'm extremely
2: disappointed we didn't get a Michael Myers appearance with Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends both streaming on, oh, Peacock. Yes, on Peacock. What a lost mm-hmm. opportunity to have a Michael Myers mm-hmm. appearance. So mad.
0: I, was, I would See. say you could save it for Crown Jewel, but that might be too much. So maybe that's not no, the he's... Right way to go about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
0: Oh, let's um, keep it moving here. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, y'all, y'all, hype it up here. Shinsuke returning um, to the NXT Zone. Um, it was uh, just a great moment taking on um, Channing Stacks, Lorenzo, Tony D'Angelo at ringside and he just had the crowd crowd in the palm of his hands they were electric throughout he the did. entire thing he and he dominated the match here i mean it was a good good thing i think for stacks to get out there um booker of course really put over shinsuke um his credentials there i former iwgp champion um nakamura of course got a lot of strikes in uh, we got a little bit of offense um from lorenzo there uh but by and large shinsuke owned this match um hit the Kinsha, Kinsha, Kinshashka uh, kick for the win. Um, and uh, he said, man, my blah, 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 tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, uh, of course, got Shinsuke winning the match here in about five minutes, 22 seconds. Um, and yeah, it took two two kicks to finish off Lorenzo there. So that's that's good for him, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, great showing for Shinsuke to return. Does this do much for Lorenzo? It was a pretty quick victory. I mean, what, what's your thoughts, Isa? Does Lorenzo walk away from this better as a result of this? <laughs>
2: I mean, Tony wanted to teach Stax a lesson, and I think the lesson was learned tonight. I was a little bit sad to see Tony in the, in, the, in the crutch thing. Like, I didn't need to see my goat, Tony D'Angelo, in such a vulnerable stage. But he did the smart thing, calling upon Shinsuke Nakamura to teach Stacks this lesson. I loved everything about this.
1: Yeah, I was in. And before I go on, Michael, being on this podcast means you are a part of the Tony D'Angelo fan club because we fancy yes. Tony D'Angelo as the If goat. you
2: don't stand Tony D'Angelo, leave now.
1: Yes, you have to leave this podcast if you don't stand him. He's the goat, and we love him here. And I was in such. I and Tony, Tony D'Angelo,
0: and in fact, I plan on eventually in my older years when I become a pro wrestler and I have to go face down somebody in a ring, um, it is going to be me giving that fiery promo to Tony D'Angelo about how one point when I was younger in my career, Tony <laughs> D'Angelo told me I had all the potential, and then he shut me out, <laughs> right? And because of that, I've been motivated for the next twenty years.
1: No shortcuts for Michael (laughs) Weisman. Nope. (laughs) No, I love that. No, I was in such denial about Tony uh, D'Angelo being injured is that I thought he was going to be the mystery opponent. I thought he was going to hit stacks with the crutch and say that he was the guy but it wasn't that and I thought what ended up happening was an upgrade and Shinsuke Nakamura was the last thing on my mind because he hasn't even been on WWE programming for the past several weeks so it was great to see him back in NXT and if they don't have plans for him on the main roster I think he'd be great in NXT to at the very least be a guy who challenges Braun Breaker because we talked about how Braun Breaker has yet to have a real opponent that you could really sink your teeth into a feud I think him and Shinsuke not only would have a great match but I think that'd be a lot of fun as a feud.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great call-out because we, we, I feel like Braun Breaker lacking is like incredible opponents, and we're going to get to the main event and the trios match coming up this weekend, but Braun Breaker is in a league of his own there. You bring guys like – Kevin Owens, I think, is well beyond this at this point, but Kevin Owens, Shinsuke, challenging for that title – would make nxt feel a little different i know we got that with dolph ziggler earlier this year and i thought that was great uh, but man somebody like shinsuke coming in even giving one of these guys a tower the thing about nxt that made it so special back in the black and gold days wasn't just that it had a bunch of young talents it's that the guys at the top of those cards guys like bobby rude guys like drew mcintyre shinsuke kevin owens so on and so forth they felt like they were world champions and they just yeah. weren't on the big show right and so it just it's its an interesting dynamic but i like that bring him out let's let him spend some time down there if he doesn't have a storyline on the main show there so speaking of not having a storyline alfred you're getting weird questions here for you directly <laughs> i have a date tonight with an extremely attractive woman but she asked if i could pay her daughter's food as well should i pay for both or hell no that's from bell bear hudson thank you for the super chat bear
1: yes that's my guy bear hudson let me tell you this bear hudson <laughs> Applebee's has a kid's menu. They've got grilled cheese. They've got all kinds of (laughs) meals that you can get. So I recommend taking her to Applebee's and getting the kid's meal, and then you can have some for yourself, and it's very reasonably priced. So good luck on your date. I want to hear about it on Friday.
0: Well, when's the kids eat free night? Doesn't Applebee's do the kids eat free night like Wednesdays? They do. I think that's on Wednesdays, actually. I don't don't know when
1: the exact night, but they do have one night where, you know.
0: You know, take. I mean, I'm not. You didn't ask me, so take this for what's worth. But McDonald's has those Happy Meal buckets for no, the or treaters don't now. No,
2: go to McDonald's. <laughs> I'm just they saying have, get, they, they have, have adult Happy Meals now, so
1: <laughs> they do. And I just, I, I screenshot and I'll send you guys a picture. It said adult Happy Meals sold out. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That like the adult Happy Meals are sold out because the,
0: these adults can't get enough toys. We can't. I mean, I'm yeah. Who would ever buy toys? and put them up in their rooms for background for podcasts. podcast. That's ridiculous. All right, let's keep it moving here. I love the uh, interlude here with the dating segments. I know who to go to if me and my wife ever divorced. Thank you, Alfred. But uh, we're going to keep things moving here. Let's just stick with NXT for a little bit longer here. Um, and uh, we had the next match, um, Alba Fire versus Sonya Deville. Um, and again, bringing in big names to kind of pad out the NXT roster there and make it feel special. Um, this was a very quick match. And, of course, Fire um, is challenging this weekend for the title. Um, but she defeated Sonya Deville in just over two minutes. Um, and at the end of this segment, um, fended off you know, Dolan, J.C. Jane, and um, got the roll-up for the victory there. So it was a quick match, quick roll-up there um isa we're talking about women's wrestling a lot tonight but um fire challenging this weekend getting a quick win here what are your thoughts on this segment and of course what fired it
2: i don't know my thoughts on this segment was that mandy rose fit was absolutely incredible hey! tonight, and i would love to know where she got that outfit from she looks yes, phenomenal why? what
1: <laughs> All I was going to say about the match is that Mandy Rose Slade and I don't think anybody was changed she snapped challenges. she
2: snapped think- yes. okay she snapped to that she showed up looking like the chef and that outfit was beautiful Yes
0: yeah. she did show up I saw I apologize I didn't share this. she showed up after the match um in quite a revealing bodysuit um, as the three women were beating up Fire afterwards, and she cut a promo about how she was going to be ruthless um this weekend. Of course, I think this was right around the time we had the William Regal stuff happening on the AEW side, so a little bit of overlap there. Mandy Rose has just been phenomenal in this role, though. Like yeah, we, we talk a lot about what has not been well with AEW's women division, and I think Mandy Rose is the exact opposite of that, where they've built around and AEW did this early on with Britt Baker, but they kind of in a different direction. Mandy Rose has been the focal point of this division for over a year now. Her her seniority, her credibility, I think, gives so much of the talent she's working with. But it does feel like the talent challenging her also do come out of this looking good from being in the ring with her. So I just can't say enough good things about not only how she looks, which is, you know, the less said the better. Again, we got to keep this on the rails here. But the talent, the work rate, and what she's able to do for these younger talents, I think it's been a great get for NXT to have her back. What, do you, what are your thoughts, Alfred?
1: A thousand percent. And it's funny because when she was on the main roster, I felt like they used Corey Graves as her mouthpiece. Not that he would cut promos for her, but he would just go crazy on commentary and talk about how she's God's gift to the world. So I was always under the impression that, okay, so she can't talk. That's why they're having Corey Graves do all the talking. But she's come out in NXT and she's cutting promos every week. They're great promos. She's got a stable. She's carrying herself like a champion. And like six months, maybe even earlier into that reign, I've just wanted to see her do this on the main roster because I do feel like they owe her a main roster run. She was one of those people who's kind of screwed over by the pandemic, where I feel yeah. like we're in a completely different world, where she might be the biggest star in WWE had they been in front of a crowd with the Otis angle. But now that she's developed as a champion and we can see that she can talk and she can carry a stable and carry all these feuds. I want to see her on the main roster more than almost anybody.
0: Ricky's out of our with the scissor me Mandy. Uh, tweet in here that and even using the emoji, gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs>
1: yeah, he spent a lot of time with the emoji. It looks really good, Ricky. But yeah, that's funny because we were talking about MJF being the only segment that I just didn't see anything else. There was a segment before and there was a Mandy Rose segment leading into the MJF segment. So <laughs> those are the two segments that I stopped what I was doing and I could not watch anything else. <laughs>
0: We did have a couple of things on the AEW side happening before the William Regal segment. Um, we had uh, Warjo talking about the kingdom, um, talking about making clear they have no problem taking them out. Uh, Renee Paquette um, looking lovely as always tonight um, backstage, um, and she interviewed FTR. Of course, FTR, three times world champions currently looking for that fourth belt to uh, match things up with them. Swerve in Our Glory showed up, and uh, it is set up that is it. I think it's next week, we have FTR defending their number one contendership against Swerve and our glory. Um, And I thought that was a fun, I don't know if y'all caught this, but just a little fun backstage interview. Renee did a great job of bouncing back and forth. And what, what I love about Renee and her being back in this role is she is such an expert at when there are multiple people around. Tony Schiavone does a great job, but he's a little bit too almost like animated sometimes. I think for what it is, she is not too deathly serious, but she is like a journalist when she, talks to talent and her ability to kind of bounce back and forth between four wrestlers that all have big personalities around her. Um, I think she just does a great job with it. So, um, yeah, that, that AEW number one contendership tag team championship match, um, is I believe next week. Correct me if I'm wrong in that in the chat room. Um, But um, yeah, Joseph Barza saying Renee brings credibility, which I love as well. And uh, Jay Lethal, Darby Allen, um, got a little backstage segment in as well. Um, They basically, I thought thought this was the craziest segment. I don't know how you plan this, right? (laughs) But they beat up Darby Allen and then they dropped one of those like metal guard doors down on him to quote unquote crush his ribs. So number one, they had to kick the little sensor away that we all have in our garages, right? But number two, I'm assuming they had to like practice that, or maybe somebody was manually holding it because that's still a very dangerous thing to do is even if you have a planned, drop metal folding on somebody's um, but it gave gave Jay lethal some heat there. So thoughts in the backstage segment, if you caught it, Isa um, and Alfred, if you, if you saw it as yeah. well, Isa, what do you think?
2: I love the backstage segment with Darby. I thought he looked badass. I, I personally thought it was original and he looked badass. And I'm here for Darby Allen getting beat up. Like that's something I enjoy on a weekly basis. I hate Warjo. I don't think that Warlow should be on any more factions or any tag teams. I think Warlow is a star and he could be making the TNT title as important as the world title if he were booking in the right way. So those are my thoughts on that.
1: Okay, I know I was not the only one, but this Darby Allen segment was crazy to, like, change the channel to. And I changed the channel, like, right in the middle of the thing in the figure four under the garage. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell is going on? What is Jay <laughs> Legal doing on the ground? Like, he going to sit up. So, like, mm-hmm. so I had to, like, figure out what was going on with Darby on underneath this garage. And I had to rewatch
0: the segment. But, yeah, it was crazy to tune into in the middle of it. Yeah. It was a while. It was so weird. And that door was, like if you saw where it was backstage, there wasn't like anything around that door. (laughs) Like the door felt like it was kind of out of place. It was a really bizarre fever dream when you're watching two shows. Anyway, just a kind of a crazy stuff went on there. Of course, the next thing after that on AEW uh, was the infamous William Regal. Let's hear from William Regal segment. Um, that was just, again, phenomenal. Check it out if you didn't see it tonight. At the same time, this must have been where I lost my attention for NXT. We had Wesley um, mm-hmm. and Mensa versus Car- Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Um, and I don't remember much about this match at all. I remember
2: I- the pin. I think Carmelo Hayes got the pin over over Wesley. That's all I know. That's when I, I hate
1: it had to be them because I'm a huge fan of Carmelo and trick, but like, I was so locked into this MJF segment by the time it was over, that match was over and uh, I was Mm -hmm. looking forward to it. And uh, I like those guys and I hope they do good things on the main roster, but I did not get much of this match.
0: No. Well, and we also got, I mean, I think a little bit is where we're previewing some of the stuff coming up this weekend, right? Everything about NXT tonight was previewing Halloween Havoc and getting the stars out there in a different way. Um, We had Joe Gacy, um, Rip Fowler, Jaeger Reed, um, cut one of his creepy promos um, about Grimes being hypocrite yada yada so um, just a lot of stuff kind of happening here to preview other stuff coming up in the night and then Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Bron Breaker about being on the KO show so we're getting interviews about future interviews now on NXT (laughs) Uh (laughs) got to fill that time somehow i guess <laughs> uh so breaker did say he was a fan of kevin owens has been a fan of every episode of the ko show since the first episode of the ko show so i guess if there was a ko show dvd set uh braun breaker would be collecting it um but oh yeah, 1000
2: just... you know he's a number one fan <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a he's talking about a stand for something he watches every episode of the ko show on repeat um but yeah all this kind of was be the right backstage back be right of there. back Yeah, no worries. Uh, Go take care of Roman. you got to make sure you uh, uh, acknowledge acknowledge (laughs) a little Roman here. Um, Let's talk about the sixth man, though, in NXT, and then we'll jump back over to AEW and get to the Ring of Honor title match. Um, We had Cameron Grimes and the Good Brothers versus the Schism, Joe Gacy, Rip Fowler, and Yeager Reed. Um, This match lasted about 10 or 11 minutes here. Um, Good Brothers ended up with the win um and um really it was anderson who won with a spine buster um and the good brothers hit reed with a magic killer to give gallows the win here so a lot of focus on the main roster talent here but also um was celebrating with cameron grimes afterwards the heels lost here Uh, i I think this is just good booking with what we're trying to build towards here and and getting cameron grimes back over here alfred what was your thoughts on the six-man match anything stand out to you or the end result here with cameron grimes reigning supreme
1: yeah, I actually really like this match, and I like Cameron Grimes interacting with the Good Brothers. And I don't know if it's how good the Good Brothers are, but we've kind of been complaining about Cameron Grimes. He was so good. He was one of the best parts of NXT when he was the rich guy. He was one of my favorite things, and I just thought when they get crowds back, he's going to be one of the biggest stars. And then around the time they got crowds back, he stopped doing that stuff, and I haven't been as into him. But him with something to work with, with these Good Brothers, I think they have great chemistry. I think it's immediate. I love AJ Styles and that is a natural thing with the OC, but I would really like to see Cameron Grimes have a stable with these good brothers in terms of moving forward. Uh, I know that's not the direction they're going, but just watching this made me think that he seemed reinvigorated working with these
0: guys. Yeah yeah Isa, any thoughts on the six-man tag match featuring the Good Brothers um, taking on the schism um, tonight uh, on NXT?
2: It was fun. I like. Um, I agree with Alfred. I enjoy Cameron Grimes and the Good Brothers. I just can't get into anything that Joe Gacy and whatever their name is, is involved in. So the Good Brothers did help bring a little bit of attention to it, but it wasn't something that I was looking forward to. I, I did think they worked well together. I did think the match went on a little too long for my liking, for sure. a match that I wasn't really invested and it wasn't really built up until yesterday. But other than that, it was fun.
0: We had a phenomenal match happening over on AEW at about the same time. We've already put over Chris Jericho on the show once tonight, but Chris Jericho was defending his Ring of Honor World Championship against Dalton Castle. Um, I love the story here around Chris Jericho and the Code of Honor, and he offered the handshake. Uh, Dalton Castle, my wife was not familiar with Dalton Castle. Um, so she was, uh, we're actually getting ready to go to Vegas next week, and she was like, I'm getting a preview of Las Vegas right here, right now. So uh, it's a great introduction to, and here's what I like to, I criticize AEW for not always giving us the video packages or the storytelling or the character development throughout this night. They built up this match by showing video packages of the previous Mm -hmm. ring of honor champions, including a lot of people, Uh, In WWE right now, we saw Kevin Owens, we saw um, Seth Rollins as his previous champions, Cody Rhodes, right? But it gave some credibility to this match in a way that if they had not done it, the casual fan would not have been bought in. And Dalton Castle, as a result, looked like a much bigger deal facing Chris Jericho and had they dot them that little thing there, it it, it matters. Right. So, but anyway, a lot of fun here, Dalton castle fighting for this title, giving the middle finger to Jericho right out the gate. These guys had good chemistry. Um, I enjoyed this match a lot. Of course, uh, Jericho um, really quickly. I almost missed the end of this match. It landed with the Judas effect when they were in the middle of trading strikes. So I I kind of would have liked the ending to be a little bit different, but everything before that, I really enjoyed. I love the stuff um, with the boys. um, Uh, Jake Hager was was they were tossing, excuse me, Dalton Castle was tossing the boys onto Jake Hager. at Yeah. And I love Jake Hager. I wish he was a little more serious sometimes. But him wearing the purple hat and getting the boys tossed onto him was a great visual. He sold it so well. Um, So I loved all of this thing. And so Jericho obviously going to win here. Um, but Issa, uh, did you enjoy this match or what was your favorite thing about it? What are your thoughts on the match?
2: Well, my favorite thing about it was uh, Cal- Castle's entrance. That entrance was yeah. everything. If I was a wrestler, I want that entrance. Uh, yeah, this was a fun match. I think Jericho really is having a fun Ring of Honor or Ring of Jericho championship ring. I, I like what he's doing with it. It does bring legitimacy. And if this show is going to get some weekly programming, there's no better way to go into it than Jericho having this ring and then having somebody finally ends this ring, right? Love the love the Hager with the bucket hat spot. I actually popped out loud when they got the hat off of him. It was entertaining outside of the ring and in the ring. Like I didn't feel like the shenanigans going on outside took away from the match, which a lot of times I have issues with that in AW where you don't know what to pay attention to. That didn't matter here. I still enjoyed the in-ring action. Overall, fun match.
1: Yes. No, I thought it was very good. And I think especially with Ring of Honor, presumably coming to TV or coming to a streaming or a weekly deal, I think Jericho should be champion for a very long time because I've always felt like he was kind of jobbed out of that first run where he was let champion And I thought he was just hitting his stride by the time he lost it to Moxley. And I would have liked to see a very long run. And I hope he gets that with this ROH title. This is a great story that they're telling where he wants to destroy the honor of ROH, which has always been a big deal to that title. He wants to destroy the commentators, the former champions. I love that. And I just hope that they get everything out of this before they beat him for that title. The only thing I do have a nitpick with this is that the storyline is that he just keeps cheating the win because he's disgracing the honor. And this is a relatively clean victory. Right. The finish didn't even look that good. He didn't even get all the Judas effect. So I was surprised that he didn't. I'm just I'm here for not Jericho a fan of cheating. the Judas
2: effect, by the way. Not a fan of that yeah, finish. Not
1: with Jericho. It's just not. He's had so many great finishers. He's had the Moon Moonsault, the Lion Tamer, the Walls of Jericho, the Codebreaker, a lot of, like, game-changing finishers that people steal from to this day and judas effect he doesn't always hit it there and it's just it, i like that it comes out of nowhere but it's not his best finishing
0: yeah, yeah well he, he did work in throughout this the the lion tamer or the walls of jericho yes. um but it was interesting that announcers even pointed this out that he was like well he upheld the code of honor without even meaning to because he yeah. didn't cheat now jake hager tried to get you know interfere a little bit there but after the match him, there was a brawl afterwards. Him tombstone pile driving Jerry Lynn. He went after the announcers, right? And Jerry Lynn interfered. Him tombstone pile driving Jerry Lynn um was a was a hell of a segment hell of a moment um and you know my comment was i, I don't think he can but jerry lynn getting back into this business to wrestle chris jericho and ring of honor that would put some asses in seats huh Or oh, that'll put some butts in the seats
1: <laughs> i'm here for it that's what i thought they were going in terms of him facing on jericho they might do a i'm sure jerry lynn's got one more match in him yeah.
0: they all have one more match in them right yeah. and jerry lynn I, I love the way Jerry Lynn has been used in AEW. Obviously he's been backstage, a backstage role. He's done a lot for that company. I know um, with just helping book certain matches and being a producer and all that kind of thing. Right. But Jerry Lynn was never down the stretch, right? He had that injury um, in WWE and didn't really get a great run as a cruiserweight champion there. Um, him getting one more run and a major promotion, even if it's just for a match or two and getting that great send off. I think it would be a perfect book into his career because he's done so much and people know him, but I feel like he was still missing that major promotion run down the stretch that everybody could really get behind. So um, yeah. Kings Mike world trying to draw in here. I'm sure a Jerry Lynn match would pop the six year olds. Listen, Kings Mike, lots of people love Jerry <laughs> Lynn. Jerry right? Him and RVD were my favorites in ECW. They had a great feud and that's
1: what made me fall in love with ECW.
0: Um, and, and really, that was about it. Of course, we got to the main event there, um, the doctor stoppage. We already talked about all everything that happened with Hangman Page. Um, and then, of course, afterwards, MJF coming out and challenging, not for tonight, but challenging uh, John Moxley for the title at Full Gear. Um, any other thoughts before we jump back to kind of conclude NXT? Final thoughts tonight on AEW Dynamite and the show that they put together. I want to start with you, Alfred.
1: I thought it was a good show. I felt like the only moment that really kind of elevated it was the mjf promo with regal which again was one of the best segments of the year but other than that i felt like they went out with a whimper they were on their way to having a great main event between hangman and moxley you could tell they were telling that story of hangman being just kind of a heel in cincinnati and they weren't able to finish that so that's going to kind of hurt it but i thought both shows were very good you could feel the sense of urgency I did feel it a little more with NXT because maybe it's like I watch NXT every week and we're just kind of used to a certain flow. But NXT definitely seemed like they were going for it tonight.
0: Yeah. Isa, final thoughts on AEW uh, before we jump back and finish up NXT.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a fun show. Like Alfred said, my favorite thing in the highlight was the Regal. And uh, in NJF segment, I thought the main event, maybe if we would have finished the match, we would have had a classic there. I did like um Hangman Page attacking Moxley midway through the entrance. I Up until the injury, I did think we were seeing a different side of Page that we haven't seen in a long time because he's just been involving not very significant feuds up until this point. So I really, really liked seeing this version of him. It's very sad that it ended the way that it did. I hope he's okay. But yes, I thought that the, you can feel that AW had a different stride tonight going against NXT.
0: I couldn't agree. I, I, and, and I think AW still has some, some struggles to figure out when it comes to storytelling. I thought overall it was a pretty engaging show, but I think it was really anchored by that middle segment. And uh, I'm curious to see what they do in the coming weeks to build out the rest of Full Gear, because outside of that right now, uh, maybe Orange Cassidy and Pac, but I don't know where we're going with AEW. We can't do Orange
2: Cassidy and Pac again. We've done it four times in the last month. They have to move on to somebody else.
0: But they were still teasing it, weren't they? At the end of that opening segment, I don't know. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, kind we'll of. But happens. I
2: mean, they did it at they did it at Grand Slam. They did it at two AW. Now they're doing it in a trios version. Like they need to. They haven't built anything. The only match for full gear right now is NJF and Moxley. They gotta they gotta step it up.
0: And maybe 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 FTR fighting for the tag team titles,
2: maybe. Yeah, and let's
1: just really quick on that. FTR and the Acclaimed, I cannot wait for that, assuming, and the right decision is for FTR to win that match because they're teasing Swerve and Our Glory finally splitting up. FTR and the Acclaimed, you could argue, are the two hottest acts in AEW right now. Especially if you're only basing it on crowd reaction. There's nothing more over than the Acclaimed. And the only thing that might be more over is FTR when you hear their reactions and these two tag teams going head to head. You got FTR with all those belts. You got the acclaim of the champions. There's all the ingredients. All these people wanted Young Bucks and FTR. And, and I get that. But this is a dream feud to me. Is the acclaim of FTR is going to be a great feud.
2: Did you see the video that AW put on social media of the ass boys cosplaying as, as FTR in their oh, meet and greet yeah. today? I laughed way too hard at that. I'm sorry.
1: No, that was good. No, there's no way to laugh too hard at it. That was hilarious. The Ask Boys are good. The Ask Boys are over too. I was in LA and and people love the Ask Boys in terms of when they were with the Acclaimed and whatever they do with them, they've got
2: something. Not sure if you saw the announcement, but they're coming back to LA in January. Oh,
0: good. Well, I didn't see that, but maybe I'll be there. The Acclaimed is just, which, which you got to love, and FTR already had a following before AEW, and of course, AEW is great with them, but the Acclaimed is a true homegrown AEW tag team where they got their startup, and that's one of the things I love about them. Like, mm-hmm. so much of the focus of this company coming in was put on the Elite and the Bucks and Kenny Omega and for the right reasons, but when you start seeing talent like Britt Baker, um, like the Acclaimed, uh, break through and really capitalize based off of their time in this company, I think it says a lot. My concern is, The Acclaimed needs to probably hold on to the titles against FTR because I'm worried about what Tony Khan will do with them when they don't have the titles. I think you'll forget about them, and you will lose what is one of the best acts in all pro wrestling right now. 100%, and I think
1: that would really help the feud. What really makes me excited for the Acclaimed versus FTR is they are polar opposites in every way imaginable. To your point, one team's homegrown, one team's former WWE guys. One team is the North Carolina kind of hicks. The other team is hip hop. One team is old school pro wrestling, AWA territories. The other team is the new age, John Cena rapping to the ring. Like they couldn't be any more different. There's a million reasons why I think this could be like the feud of the year once they get started.
0: I believe it was Jim Ross or someone recently said, like, just something as simple as like the scissor me daddy, that tagline mixed with their in ring talents, mixed with just their general charisma. When you have that perfect formula, um, it just pays dividends. We saw it back in the day with the New Age Outlaws. And this, I know the Billy Gunn connections there, right? But in general, it does kind of feel like a different modern version of something yeah. like the New Age Outlaws. Road Dog was never the best wrestler in the world, right? But him mixed with Billy Gunn and, and just, there was just something special about it, and I think the acclaimed is a modern representation of that. Um, so I just the sky is the limit for them, I and mean, they're both fairly young too. So it's just mm-hmm. they got a lot of a lot of headway ahead of them there too. Uh, Has FDR defended
2: any of their triple A or New Japan? <laughs> I think they just
1: defended the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships, or I don't know what IWGP
0: tags, but they did defend those overseas, not in AEW. Oh, okay,
2: okay, okay, got it, got it.
0: No. Oh. so let's let's wrap up here with NXT. Uh, a few things in the last kind of half hour to 45 minutes of that show. We got an interview with Veer Mahan um, about the mystery of what he whispered into Sangha's ear. Um, he said it's only meant for brother Sangha, not anyone else. Um, and Sangha showed up saying he was here to listen. And Veer said he knew Sangha was ready to listen. Veer's um, a weird one for me right now. I agree pulling him off the main roster was the right thing to do. Um, Issa, I'm kind of like, I'm not over be Mahan. I think he's got a lot of potential. I'm just not sure what that is and where he fits in.
2: (laughs) Because once he came, nobody cared. (laughs) Story of my
1: life!
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I
2: I could care less. I could care less. Uh, The NXT main roster, there's nothing that he has done that has captured my attention yet
1: i will say i i might listen i will down this hill i might be the only member of the veer fan club i was like so excited i thought he was gonna be a big old star on the main roster doing this but i quickly realized that i might be like on my own on this boat but i was gonna die on the hill and i have died <laughs> on the hill uh, but you know, in this share, maybe they can recreate the magic they had in NXT or whatever they did have. But uh, I'm upset that Veer is back on NXT. I will say that.
0: Are you? I'm, I'm guessing then we could say that Veer came just for you, Alfred. Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> it just came for me. That was just for us. Came for you. <laughs> <laughs> night one, pointing out FTR defended against Aussie Open of England on a pretty awesome match. So they have done it. but
1: we've already poisoned Michael Weisman on this podcast. Race. Yeah. <laughs> I Five so minutes in, once,
2: on once I made, once I made the Roman Reigns comment, it was downhill
1: for him. Oh God, you belong. You belong. You're one Welcome. of us now, Michael. Welcome,
0: Michael. <laughs> Tuesday nights, y'all just do it differently over here. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we had a boardroom segment um, for a contract signing, no moderator. Um, Lions and Stark um, signing the tag team match uh, Halloween Havoc um, against Chance and Carter. Um, they traded words, but a clean contract signing, that's always nice to see. Doing it in a boardroom makes a difference. of I own the to shirt Mary. that
2: Pretty Deadly was wearing. So the, the white one, I have it. So oh. I'm very happy about that because I'm a big fan of their fashion choices.
0: We had a split screen interview here, um, Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp. Um, and, um, you know, of course, the stipulation here uh, being that, of course, um, if... Uh, If Julius loses, um, his brother is out of a job here. Um, And so some back and forth words here. um, But this is going to be an ambulance match on Sunday. I thought this was a good promo segment, seeing both these men there, reminding fans of the stipulation here. Um, Alfred, I'll start with you here. Julius Creed, Damon Kemp, two younger stars in NXT. This is a pretty big match for them and a fun, I think, gimmick match. Um, Thoughts on this segment or thoughts on this feud in general? I
1: thought this is excellent. I, I love the fire. I like how they're doing this with these guys. I don't know whether – I don't know if they're scripting them or if they're just telling them just go out there and talk trash to each other because that's how it came off, and that's always the best part. And we finally got a reference that Damon Kemp is Gabe Stevens' brothers, yes. in that uh, Julius Creed said, like, you're not even the best athlete in your own family, and it got a big reaction, so the crowd is very aware of that. Uh, but i will say this i feel like at this point gabe Stevenson is damon kemp's brother because we haven't seen anything from gabe stevens we've seen all the hype and stuff but damon is the one out here cutting promos turning heel like actually working a gimmick and i i can't wait for this match honestly i i hope the match is good but i think these promos have been very good
2: this is the most that i've been into both of these guys it was this promo segment and i didn't pay attention to most of it it was the few times that i turned it up because they you know, the mute wars. I guess AEW kind of had a head up in this part with me, but there was a couple of times that I did pay attention. I thought they came off very well, and it did make me care about the match, and I didn't necessarily care prior to tonight.
0: I think it was just a great spot for them. And again, building the Saturday's pay-per-view, the name of the game tonight. And I um, thought this, this match now stands out to me in a way that it didn't before. So really happy with the work here. And uh, I really like Damon Kemp um, and, and this heel role. I just got to say, like, it's been a really great, um, really great fit. I think so. Um, we it's were, of course. Of
1: nowhere. I was kind of worried when he turned heel, cause I didn't know if he had it in him to do something like this, but I think he's been, he's been a great like jerk. Just they're just come off as two jocks who don't like each other. None of them are like, too likable, but Julius is a little more likable, but they both come off, I think, very well in their roles.
2: Agreed.
0: We had a uh, tease. Who was going to be the special um, guest host of this weekend's WWE NXT Halloween Havoc? Um, and it was introduced as Shashi Blackheart. Um, of course second it was. Time she's come on, she's
2: the queen of this. <laughs> yeah, she loves No her.
0: surprise there. Uh, what was more surprising, I think, uh, was the matchup afterwards, of course, Zion Quinn um, and Quincy Elliott arguing over who could be the co-host with Chossie Blackheart, resulting in a match. Um, and um, uh, just a really quick match between Quinn and Elliott here. Only went a couple of minutes, um, but Quincy Elliott defeating Zion, this uh, the super diva Quincy Elliott, defeating Zion Quinn to become the co-host of Halloween. Uh, I think that's a great, I mean, of course, Zion Quinn doesn't make any sense in that role. Um, lots of charisma from Quincy Elliott here, Uh, but just, you know, this should be fun, right? The pairing of Quincy and Shotzi together, this can be a fun weekend, right? I'm looking forward to it. It's one of those pairings that I've never in my life even thought
1: of. You know, there's so much talent in all the companies, but now that I think, but I think Shotzi and Quincy will be perfect together, and judging by how they do in Halloween Havoc, if it goes really well, I would want to see Quincy be Shotzi's, like, wing person on the main roster, or I think that's exactly what she needs in terms of like a wing person. I think Quincy yeah. and shots are going to have great chemistry together.
2: Indeed. Yeah. I like them together.
0: Not one pointing out Chelsea looked like she was up to mischief tonight. Yep. Um, we'll see more of that on Saturday. I am sure. I feel bad for Quinto.
2: He's been taking a lot of else recently.
0: Yeah. I felt like at one point he was
1: like their pet project where they were giving right. him the Shawn Michaels gimmick. And it seemed like they were going to push him.
0: And yes,
2: has not and been then the case like, it months. went nowhere. No, he nah. hasn't. I don't remember him having a big match or win in a while now.
0: Yeah, King Mike's world pointing out. Ever since Zion did that HPK song and dance, I never looked at him the same. Maybe that's, that the
2: thing, that's the, when he did that. I was thinking, okay, HPK
1: is in charge, so this has to be a good sign, right? And it wasn't.
0: You don't want to do it for the guy who who mastered it <laughs> exactly. and perfected it, right? Like he that's knows, the mistake yeah. made. It's high risk, right? You do it well and you're a forever star, but you get off just a little bit. He's the one who's going to know. Right. So, (laughs) of course we had our main event, the other uh, result of the pick your poison match Raquel Rodriguez versus Cora Jade, Um, Jade picking up the win here via a DQ um, because Rodriguez um, just took a stick uh, that was intended for her and beat the crap out of Jade with it. So main event ending in a DQ here, um, and uh, a little bit of a brawl afterwards, but not much to hear. I, I think, you know, Jade winning this match is one thing. Um, didn't really mean much to me. Again, we're just, this felt like a filler to, again, tease the matchup uh, between her uh, on the weekend. But, I, you know, going to go to you, Isa here. Main event, ending in a, in a DQ like this. I wasn't a big fan of that, I don't think.
2: No, I, I almost would have rather them put Rhea and Roxanne on this spot, yep. but I, I did like them opening the show. Uh, When it comes to those two matches, I prefer
0: Rhea and Roxanne. Well, that's a good point. Booking into the show with this feud, like Perez opening it up here um, and then ending here. That's a great way to make a focus of this and carry that narrative throughout the night. I always like it when shows hook you early on and then keep that storyline going, even if it's something as simple as a feud. Um, What are your thoughts on this, Alfred?
1: I was disappointed by this. I felt like it was almost kind of a bait and switch in terms of not really having Roxanne or not really having Raquel out there for very long and getting out of it with a DQ. Now, I am glad that Cora Jade got some semblance of a victory because I felt like that would have been horrible booking if you have both of them lose going into this big grudge match. And throughout the show, a theme was the main roster stars would go in there and they would be more over and they would win. So I was kind of fearful that this show would come off as NXT people being – the extras and the main roster people being the stars. And by the end of the show, it did not come off that way, which is good. I think it's a good thing. So it's good that Cora Jade got her victory. But under these pretenses, I thought that the match was a bit of a sham
0: yeah it doesn't matter that much whenever it happens in this way and kind of almost like a it almost felt like a fluke dq because of the way yeah. the kendo stick was grabbed and used and um you know anyway but the real i think main event of the show tonight of course was the kevin owens show uh building up for the triple threat main event um this coming saturday and uh, we actually had an overrun tonight so i was really surprised by this there's but the show always was one good-
2: with nxt always yeah, with nxt is it I
0: don't mm-hmm. notice it because I typically watch NXT after the fact, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, I didn't No, expect, it's always I, I, it's
2: seven to eight minutes every week. Yeah,
0: I just like flip through it and I just kind of get to the end on the DVR and don't even realize it. So um, we have the eight minute um, overrun there, mostly entailing the KO show segment. Not going to break down everything that happened during the segment. I think it was great to have Kevin Owens out there. Um, of course, him returning was also a really big deal to this audience and especially around the NXT World Title, um, him reflecting that was a big deal, um, but he kind of made fun um, he, as he called him JD McDon't Google Me, um, uh, which was which was hilarious, uh, making fun of Off and basically saying, um, Fred got that late." <laughs> yeah, I did get that
2: yes. late. I didn't hear that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
0: but lots of lots of fun and, and games here. Um, you know overall uh, braun breaker kind of came across as the main guy here what was really interesting though um, was that Ilsha held up the title um at, at the end um, uh, yeah, you know, dragonoff held up the title at the end but Austin theory walked out at the very end of the show and held up his money in the bank in the money in the bank briefcase right Um and this tease that he's going to cash in on Sunday and kind of putting the focus back on him, uh, maybe winning the NXT world title. It's a different path to go. Um, I'll start with you, uh, Alfred. What are your thoughts on this segment and really how it ended? Keep it a kayfabe.
1: If I'm Austin Theory and I'm on that losing streak I've been on on the main roster, hell yeah, I'm going down to NXT to cash this And I'm not winning any matches on the main roster. I absolutely agree with his decision to do this. And I will say, It it seemed like he got a massive reaction because I was actually away from the screen kind of trying to get ready for this podcast and I heard the reaction and I ran to see who it was. Nothing against Austin Theory but I was surprised that that big reaction went to him and it's a good way to end the show. I thought the segment was great. It just made me want to see a fatal four-way really with Kevin Owens involved because this Triple Threat really needs something. Yeah. And I thought it was a fine way to end the show. I do think that, not to make light of this Hangman Page situation, I, my praise up for Adam Page and whatnot, but I do think that NXT got somewhat of a lucky break in terms of that show essentially ending early. And if yeah. you see Kevin Owens on the other channel and you see that this match has ended, I'm sure a lot of people change a channel to see, okay, well, this match is over. Time to go to the other one. Because they were just vamping for the longest time. And I think that gave a lot of people an opportunity to go to NXT, which was also going to have an overrun. So that'll be very interesting to see how those two quarters did.
2: I am with Alicia here. I thought Kevin Owens made this segment great. The JD, Mac, don't Google me, pop me hard. I thought that was yeah. great. I actually really enjoyed Dragunov here as well. Not sure that this any favor for Brom Breaker. But the, the part where everybody was just... Uh, I guess, ganging up against J.D. I was here for that because nobody yeah. likes him and nobody wants him to win. And once they were going at it and uh Kevin Owens is like, I tried. <laughs> this is not going to go smooth. And I <laughs> yeah, agree he with said, you. I,
0: I tried, Sean. I'm sorry. It's out of I'm my sorry. hand. I just got out of the room. <laughs> yeah. It was
2: great. I loved it. And once uh Austin Theory came out, I personally think he doesn't stand a chance of, uh, uh, against Roman Reigns right now. He's not even there i think it's the perfect decision for him to go after the nxt title so i like the tease i thought it was a strong finish to nxt
1: i mean me too that's one way to get out of this money in the bank thing because the way they've been booking him i just do not see and this is a fault of the booking this is what they always do with the money in the bank because they feel like it's an excuse to have them lose until they cash in whereas the template i think is edge is you use that thing to make the guy a star and at this point yeah i would buy him cashing in an nxt more than i would him doing it on the main roster
0: well, or you could do the, you know, Miz chicken shit heel kind of gimmick where he cashes in and somebody's at their weakest spot and that's sure. when he wins it. And he always kind of sneaks to win. Right. But I, you know, do you have Austin Theory just lose clean to Roman? Like putting yes. him in the ring with Roman just doesn't make any physical sense right now. Right. I, I agree. He I mean, He should What, I, what else are you
2: going to do? Roman Reigns is never what? at a weak state, so he's never going to catch him like that.
0: But adding a main roster star into the mix down there, we've talked a lot of tonight about even this, again, this was a fun segment, but I don't think it does much for the main event on Saturday. It still feels like it is predetermined that breaker is going to win. Austin theory being in that mix feels different. Austin theory versus Braun breaker, because theory has been on the main roster for so long, it feels just a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be really interesting if he does cash in that belt. And then let's get some more, main roster guys back down there filtering through with that nxt title it could make a total different feel for that show i think and
1: vice versa on monday nights it should and i you know there was a story about how they're going to be the norm to have nxt stars appear on raw or whatnot i do think that should be the norm is nxt people appear on raw and then you just say tomorrow is nxt and that'll help build that audience there is a crossover when people see main roster stars on nxt People who watch the main roster product will watch NXT. We've seen when the main roster stars are there. You don't want to overexpose them. But then again, there are guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, like we saw tonight, who just aren't on TV every week, who you can absolutely use them on NXT.
2: Agreed,
0: 100%. Well, before we get off the air here, got two more super chats to bring up here. Little Sherry um, yes. predicting that Evil Doink Matt Bourne 2023 Hall of Fame. Highly underrated Let's Matt Bourne. Go. The best doing. We're mm-hmm. not even close. <laughs> and Elliott Cintra on the seconds, a New York Yankees future champs and New York Knicks. So. Well, I don't know about the New York Knicks. And the I don't know Washington about the World Knicks weekend. either,
2: but Yankees have a better, way better chance than the Knicks.
1: Got the Bucks and seven over the Warriors this year, and the Warriors are up okay. by seven at the half. For those of you who are interested, totally. okay. Well, we and just the passed Phillies, midnight the Phillies defeated
2: the Padres to do nothing on the first, first NL. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they got into them. They look like
1: one of those teams that got hot at the right time. They're just gonna be a buzzsaw.
0: I did yeah. not realize this was a baseball podcast. I I feel woefully <laughs> underprepared for this segment because I don't watch enough major league baseball. So I got my homework. October baseball is I'm the best
2: Tuesday, baseball, wise man. Come on. It is.
0: It is. I, I watch watch co- like I'm a big college fan of like, you know, college football, college baseball cuz like, yeah, you know, Carolina Panthers suck, but I'm an NC State fan. Well, they kind of suck now. So, anyway, it's just um I I know what, I know what my homework is for the next shit. Now listen, y'all. This has been a ton of fun. It has been so much fun to get to do this with both of you. Uh, Any other final thoughts on the first volley of shots fired in the Tuesday night wars, probably the last for quite some time, but uh, you know, Alfred to start with you here, final thoughts on this head to head segment we saw tonight.
1: Fun show. I loved it. I love the sense of urgency from both. We watch NXT every week and we support and love it, but it does go through times where it feels very kind of standard, nothing really happens. And I feel like we do complain sometimes that nothing has really happened on NXT, but I don't think this was one of those nights. And it's good to see both shows have some kind of sense of urgency like this. And I had fun watching both.
2: Agreed. Think I so? thought both shows were great. I don't I, I don't miss watching two shows at once though. It's very difficult because I I just want to give them both my attention, and it's impossible to do with both of them, but it makes it fun to see which show is going to manage to capture my attention, which show has the better thing going on, you know? Um, But yeah, it was fun overall. I love seeing the main roster stars, and I agree with what you said earlier, Alfred. I think if you put some NXT stars on, on Raw, now that Raw's doing these great numbers, it will really, really help out NXT, but fun times let's not do it again for a while though yeah
0: (laughs) it's fun as a one-off but every week would be a bit much yeah well again thank you both so much isa what do you want to plug promote put over before we get off the air here
2: Oh, Man, I'm everywhere. You guys can find me on Know Your News on Tuesdays. You can find me on Lucia Libre online for my interviews. You can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and then my own YouTube channel pretty much almost every day, NYC Demon Diva. We have YouTube handles now, so at NYC yeah. Demon Diva on
1: YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is taking care of the creators that and they just have this short future that you can flip it. your shorts. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find me on YouTube, Pro Wrestling Bits, and I have live coverage of both shows on Forbes. Work very hard on it covering both shows, so please read that. And then tomorrow I'm going to have coverage of the ratings. As soon as they come out, you're going to get a piece. Are the streets uh, going to give you a preview also,
2: early on?
1: The streets might give me something. The streets might not. The streets do what they do. So when the streets <laughs> reach out, I will tell everybody what's going on. But uh, just keep <laughs> locked to Forbes and YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. And then uh, watch Isa. I, I have a lot of fun watching Isa's reactions. They are the best in the game as well on YouTube.
0: Issa is the best. Well, you've both been wonderful tonight. Again, thank you both. Thank you for everybody who joined us in the chat room as what well. Thank you, your Mike! Have we been great. popped your cherry with us three together. This the is real I'm...
2: MVP who pulled up tonight. <laughs> yeah, he kind of I not know, know how you were going to do it. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like I have aged, you know, I actually just had my birthday last week, and I feel like I've aged an extra couple of happy years. Birthday. I mean, happy birthday. Happy Belinda
2: TV? birthday to yeah, you, wiseman, and happy birthday to the boss man, Rash Geary. His birthday was today, so yeah. shout out to was him. Was
0: it? Okay. Well, okay. Sorry, David. Uh, David Maltavo, um, if I missed your super chat, I apologize. Um, I <laughs> got to get to the mic. Michael sucks.
2: You don't got to come Jesus. home like that, David. Jesus. <laughs> I make
0: the joke. This is my last year in the uh key eighteen to thirty four demographics. The last year that I'm going to matter to AEW and WWE because <laughs> I just turned thirty four. So I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. This is a great first week doing this show with y'all. um And Dylan, let's end on a positive note with me here. Shout out to Michael's cardigan. Thank you. Yes. We are in sweater weather finally. Ton of I fun, Michael, y'all. Air when I saw him that that was a great cardigan. Thank you all so much. No, I love this. Ton of fun, y'all. And again, thank you for everybody who joined us. We will be back here not tomorrow night because, again, this was Dynamite tonight. But Friday night, Isa, you will be here. Alfred, will you be with us Friday night? Yes, Yes, I will. All right. I will not be here. Um, I will be in Vegas. But y'all have a ton of fun without me. I'll be back soon, I'm sure. Thank you to everybody. Catch us back here Friday night. And remember, we do everything the best and the most inappropriate right here at Wrestling Geek. We'll see y'all later. (laughs)